Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strong, Strong Brew. Yeah, Strong might as well. Why not? That's Strange Brew's second cousin. When you really need a kick in the pants to get the day going, you go to Strong Brew. But normally, you'd go to Strange Brew. Now, I, now we need Shane to come up with a double caffeinated brand called Strong Brew. Strange Brew, Strong Brew. Million dollar just idea. Coffee black. <laughs> yes. Coffee flavored. That's what we want. Anyway, no matter, it's still pouring outside. No matter where you are in our great state, whether you're uh, in uh, Starkville, you're in Tupelo, you're in, you know, South Haven, you're in Biloxi, or all points in between, you can always pick up a Strange Brew Coffee just by going to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and getting it delivered right to your door. All of the, uh, whatever coffee machine you've got on the counter, they've got a coffee for you, including the super awesome and fantastic K-Cups, which continue to sell out at every possible opportunity. So you guys are loving them out there. We appreciate that. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else because nobody else has the selection that they have at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. You can shop online always at collegecornerstore.com. Make sure this week is a Humble Taco week. If you're here in Starkville and you haven't been to Humble Taco yet, you are missing out. And if you have been, then you know what I'm talking about. There's just not another Mexican restaurant like Humble Taco. It's different than any Mexican restaurant I've ever been to in a good way. In a good way. Stings the nostrils. Anyway, next time you're in town or if you're living here whenever and you've got a craving for Mexican, but you don't want the same old, same old. You don't want the number 45 and beans and rice on the side. You want something different and delicious. You want Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. You want humble taco. 45 is my, my go-to, by the way, just so, just so everybody knows. Uh, so, you know, so I was pulling from the heart there. Firehouse subs. Sorry, I, it's not that I'm distracted. I'm just looking at Robbie's hair. It is beautiful. It's getting long and thick. It is getting long. You've got like a lion's mane working right now, my friend. Today was a good hair day. Today yeah, was I mean, a really it's, good it's, hair it's day. It's got some volume to it, yeah. The humidity you know, like is it, obviously affecting you in a positive fashion. It was not a good hair day on Saturday, no, because of the weather, the rain, yeah. But today it was. Today. it was mostly clear, and it looks like a really, young Patrick Swayze. I, I'll take that. You should take that. That's as good. I'll a take that all day. Yeah. Anyway, I'll take that Firehouse all day. subs. They're the Patrick Swayze of subs. That works like, for me. They're like the they're like the wind. And what did that song? Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Yeah. Just be nice. It's nice to go to Firehouse Subs. It's nice to use the Firehouse Subs app. Download it today. Place your order. It's ready within minutes. And then you come just picturing Firehouse Subs and Patrick Swayze. I don't know how we're going to make that work. But anyway, anyway, like 
okay, so here's what the commercial is. Instead of their him and Demi Moore making the pot, they've got like a meatball sub. And it's just you've got you've got one of the uh I, I guess you can't use the uh what do they call them at Subway? The the artist or the No, 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 sandwich artist. No, that's not firehouse subs. No. You can't you can't use that. So no. whatever whatever they are, whatever yeah. those good people are there, Can they're you... just they're reaching over the person in front of you and they're building a firehouse club. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. The 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 gif of Demi Moore doing the, the clay. Can you use that on Gene's page? Is that doable? That's that might go iffy. That might be going a little too far. Might be iffy. Anyway. Yeah. Firehouse Subs, locations in Starkville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, and uh, Madison and Flowood. Good sandwiches. All right. You can't always get what you want. Sometimes you get what you need. Mississippi State got what it needed this weekend. Was very close to getting all three uh, against the Auburn Tigers, but showed the signs of life they they had not shown uh, in a couple of weeks, getting a series against the Auburn Tigers. And it's funny how, how things work, right? Last week, it was, you know, close the coffin. Time to, time to bury them. And now you look at the schedule and you look at everything and you're like, their next three series are against teams that have worse records than them in the conference. I, I think yeah. it's too early to, to, to say, okay, they're back. I think it's too early to say, okay, everything's going to work out in the end because they got to win these games. But, Robbie, the perception, and what do we always say here on Thunder and Lightning, perception, is reality. The perception about Mississippi State baseball is 180 degrees, I think, from where it was seven days ago. I think you have to be really happy with what happened over the weekend. And I said going in, I really felt like Mississippi State needed to sweep that series. And a sweep would have gone a really, really long way. You're you're feeling much different about this team if they're seven and eight than if they're six and nine at this point. But you look at what's happening around the rest of the league right now, Ole Miss is just right now starting to tail downhill. Um, And then, you you know, you look at some of these other teams and Missouri, who's on the schedule, is um, they actually – I thought they were pretty competitive this past weekend. And um, I think they took the series – did they take the series from Kentucky? Ooh. I know they won on Sunday. I'm pretty sure they took the series. They were down six to nothing when I was watching that ball game. They came back and won that ball game ten to six. So that's going to be a team. That's the, probably the worst team in the league right now, and they are competitive. Um, but it's still a series that is winnable. Ole Miss is winnable. You know, I, th- I feel like Texas A&M is, is, is a winnable series. So you, you start looking at these series now, and Mississippi State has some chances here down the stretch. But I just feel like they still didn't do they, – they still weren't at their best this past weekend, but I thought there were some things that were really encouraging for Mississippi State, namely – the starting pitching. I thought the starting pitching was excellent this past weekend. This is probably the best weekend they've had. Mizzou did uh, get the series. Okay, I, th- I thought so. But the starting pitching was excellent. I think this is their rotation. Brandon Smith, Preston Johnson, and, and Cade Smith. And listen, this is an Auburn team that was playing really well. They went on the road and beat LSU. And they were coming to Mississippi State feeling really good about themselves. They beat Vanderbilt in the series. So this was an Auburn team that was playing really well. I, I think State fans – should be excited about this. I think they should be excited that the, this team is fighting here and got a big top 20 win. This is uh, not anything to scoff at. I thought State uh, played well enough to, to sweep that series. They also played bad enough that they could have lost that series, if you want to be on the negative side of things. And everybody knows I'm not in that uh, 
in that realm. I'm a very positive person. I would never be negative <laughs> at all. So <laughs> all I'm saying is State played well enough to win that series. They got the series win. It was tough that you didn't sweep the series, but giving yourself that opportunity and 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 making Auburn make that play to get that win, I thought it was a successful weekend. Yeah, uh, all things considered. Yeah, for, for state state got what they needed this weekend. They needed to win the series. They needed to get some momentum coming into this week, and and they got it. And and that's really all you can ask for uh, at this point. You know, this team isn't good enough. To just you know, sweeps are going to be tough to come by. Really tough to come by. It's going to take a combination of state playing well and the other team making mistakes. And on on Saturday on Saturday night, you know, Auburn just didn't make a lot of mistakes, and they made the plays when they needed to make them. It was State that made the mistakes. You know, Fristo. I know he's been getting some stick, but you know, he rolled a couple of ground balls out there that yeah, just didn't get I, fielded. I'm not going to blame that. Yeah. I know people. I know it was popular for people to to throw stones at Fristo, but the fact of the matter is, and he he hit a guy, he put a guy on base, but. The fact of the matter is he rolled a ground ball that very easily I thought could have been a double play. And there was some kind of miscommunication with Slate Offered and Lane Forsyth. You probably get out of that inning if you do roll that double play. And then you get a ground ball to R.J. Yeager to lead off the next inning, and it goes through his glove. The defense didn't didn't help him out. And yeah. if you're going to put guys on base like that, you can't expect Fristo to come out there and just shut, shut him down at this point. I'm not going to blame that game on him. And listen, State is not going to win very many games in SEC play with two runs. No. So, I mean, we can't we can't just expect this bullpen to hold a team like Auburn down for nine innings and hold them under two runs. At some point, State was going to have to score more than that. You knew that when they hit the, the second home run. You knew at some point they were going to have to score some more runs, and they didn't. But um, I also want to give credit to the Auburn pitcher, too, um, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. He was fantastic. And really, he was really good. Yeah. Awful last year. I was at that game at Auburn last year mm. and he didn't even last the first inning. He gave up nine runs. Yeah. That guy was the perfect pitcher to face a Mississippi State lineup. He made two mistakes. State made him play, pay on both of those mistakes. But sinker ball pitcher, they could not get a, a barrel on him until late in the ball game. And um, you saw when they got into the bullpen, State had a chance, but it was too late. I mean, uh, well, it really wasn't too late. They still had a chance, but um, you know, I, I you got to give credit to that guy too. But state just didn't do enough offensively to give themselves an opportunity. You mentioned you know people blaming Fristo when you scored two runs. Reminded me a lot of the Egg Bowl. People were blaming Zach Arnett's defense when state had six points in the game with with six minutes to go. You know, right. at some point you got it, it's it's not something. It's not you can't make it the easy scapegoat all the time. Uh, you got you got to look you got to look a little deeper sometimes. And then you know for Fristo. Just that way. And honestly, and, and I, I will say this, I didn't agree with Lamonis's decision to bring Preston Johnson back out in the eighth on Friday. And I think that decision sort of cost you the series in that if you would, it's nine to one, right? Sweep. Well, it cost you the sweep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you bring, you bring anybody else in right there. It's nine to one. Chances are you're going to be fine and you're going to go and win the game. And you don't have to go to Casey Hunt because all of a sudden you feel like it's slipping away. If you had Casey Hunt available on Sunday, you win. You win the series, or you win. The, you sweep the series. So that's yeah, I, that's like I the one misstep of the weekend. I absolutely do, and that's one of the first times where I've where I could say, okay, that was a bad decision mm -hmm. by Scott Foxhall and Chris Lamonis. A lot of people say, I feel like every week somebody's saying, what are we doing throwing him him out there? And you just have no choice, you know. 
But you did have a choice in this one, a nine-to-one ball game, and you throw Preston Johnson back out there. There was no reason for him to go back out there. They just had a long inning that was about 30 minutes. He was over 100 pitches. And I'm sure Preston had a lot to do with that. He wanted to go out there and pitch. He's a competitor. But it, you, not only did you put him back out there, you let him face three guys, and all three got on base. I, that that's a moment right there where I think you put it, you put Jackson Fristo in the ball game, no pressure whatsoever. You're up eight runs. Jackson Fristo goes in there and probably has a three up three down inning, and then you come out in the ninth inning and you pitch Drew Talley or or Mikey Tepper or whoever you want. Yeah, yeah. But instead, you have to come in there. You have to put Drew Talley in a position that he doesn't need to be in with the runners on base, and the lead escalates a little bit. And then you have to bring in the only guy that you feel really good about coming out of the bullpen. Um, so I, that was the first time that I thought that was just not a good decision by Scott Foxhall and and Chris Lamontis. The other times, I just feel like it is what it is. But th- that was a pretty easy call. Just bring in somebody out of the bullpen with an eight-run lead in the eighth inning um, and, and and save your, your biggest bullet for Sunday. But instead, you don't have him on Sunday, and that happens. But again, you know, the offense has to be better too. I, I couldn't imagine Mississippi State holding Auburn to under two runs in that game for nine innings. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just you know, it is what it is, but you've got the series win that all that matters. And now you've got a, a you know, a game on, on the midweek against Jackson State, which won't help your RPI. And this weekend didn't really help it much either. State's going to have to rely on wins at this point. A 14-win SEC team is probably – a 14-win in the conference SEC team is probably going to get in. Probably going to get in regardless, but so uh, so ha- have you seen a, an updated RPI? Let's have a look while we're while you're talking. What, what were you going to ask though? I, uh, you you said it didn't help it much this weekend, so I just assumed that it didn't go up much. So that yeah. I was going to be kind of confused how this is all working. Uh, let's see. States at eighty. They've won up eleven 80. points this week on Warren right. Nolan, but on the but Nolan. the official RPI they were like seventy two, right? I always look after at the, Warren after Nolan. After the UAB? Right. What, yeah, what do you look at, D1? One? No, no, no. Uh, I, I look at Warren Nolan when I want to see something right away. Mm-hmm. But the official RPI, the NCAA RPI, is is the one that matters. Um, but they're they're usually very similar. State is currently 78th, but that was before the weekend. Okay, so That's they should move up. 14. So they should move up some. But we'll see. I mean, how different is Warren Nolan's uh, – formula in the NCAAs. It can't be that different, can it? No, but I mean, I just, Auburn's 27th on Warren Nolan, and mm-hmm. they were 25th coming in the weekend, so that was two top 25 wins for you. Mm-hmm. Against UAB, you moved up like 11, 12 spots or something yeah. somehow. No, you're right. And, and UAB was around where Mississippi State was ranked. Mm-hmm. So I would assume State has moved up in the NCAA rankings, you would think several spots over the weekend. But I may be wrong. I mean, Kentucky lost a series to Missouri and moved up two spots. How in God's name did that happen? Never know. I, I just I don't understand this RPI stuff. I, re- I really don't. I, under- I don't understand how it works. But one thing I also helped- don't understand, how, how is Ole Miss ranked ahead of Mississippi State right now in RPI? Ole Miss has zero good wins. So you, you bring up a good point, and let's look at it. So Ole Miss has two wins against quad one. Mississippi State has eight. 
State has three losses, quad three and quad four. That's the same number as Ole Miss, but Ole Miss doesn't have a quad four. They're eight and three and then eight and oh. State is uh, where I just had 11 it, and one. 11 and one and eight. Also, and Northern three. Kentucky. Right. And where, who's the other one? Where is it? Yeah, they're one, at, they're one and two against quad three. State doesn't have, like, state's wins are basically like they're either really good or they're against crap teams. They don't have yeah. anything in the middle. And that maybe that's the difference. Ole Miss has 11 wins against two and three. State has two. State's one and oh against quad two and one and two against quad three. That's probably where the difference is. And that, yeah, one, I, that one quad four loss, that's just a killer. When you lose, I just can't. Yeah. And that's, that's what's crazy is that one game can. 202 is what Northern Kentucky's RPI is. Imagine if they had lost, you know, they were, what was the final score of the Grambling game? It was two to one, right? Yeah, it was close. They lost that one. I mean, been- but that's the thing. Like they, they should. It should factor in the series. The state won that series. I agree with that. But also, state RPI is going to take a hit this week playing Jackson yeah. State. They're two eighty one, and it's not going to go up much if they beat Ole Miss because Ole Miss is is dropping like a rock. Yeah, I mean they'll probably after this weekend when we come up when we look at it tomorrow they'll probably be in the sixty somewhere. I mean, if you would have told me that neither State or Ole Miss would host, which I, right now I would say is is moving towards definite, mm-hmm. then oh, I would have said you were stupid. No chance. Yeah, I mean, it would have to. These two teams would have to go on a major run here down the stretch. One of the two, but I don't think either one is going to host. Right. But now they're both fighting for to just getting the get tournament. In. The loser of this series is not getting in. I'll make that prediction. Think so. It's going to be if be Ole Miss, especially if it's Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss is five and ten. If they're six and twelve, and they Ooh. still have a series with Arkansas to come, they're going to lose that series for sure. Probably going to get swept, and they, and they might get swept. That's going to be at and Arkansas. State has too. Tennessee, so if State State's seven and, and eight right now, right? Yeah. So if they lose the series and they're eight and ten, and they have you know the series with Tennessee, it's going to be tough. It's just these two teams are like mirror images too. They both have they both have legitimate hitters in the lineup up and down the lineup, but they can't figure out the pitching. Mm-hmm. Except for their theirs is kind of starting pitching. Mississippi right. State's more relieving. Right, you're exactly right. And their offense, both offenses are kind of living and dying with the home run. Yes, there's Here, really, here's, here's my. And I thought coming in, Ole Miss's offense was probably the most well equipped offense in the SEC, and it's just not. It's not. I, I can't understand. Something. So if you say, you know, why was State so overrated, right? I can point to, look, they lost their, their best pitcher, mm-hmm. and then they lost the guy who looked like their best reliever. And, and, and you know, I, so I could point to those excuses, right? And if they had Landon Sims and Stone Simmons, they'd probably have three or four more wins, right? What's Maybe Ole Miss's so, yeah. excuse? I know Graham um, missed well, like a month, but they have the hitters. This is the, the team that was ranked fourth or fifth or whatever they were preseason is the same team they have today. Well, I'll tell you what it is. Okay. We saw we saw it last year towards the end of the season. Whenever they lost their best pitcher, well, Doug McKenzie was probably their best pitcher. Well, I, thought Doug was McKay, I thought Doug McKenzie was their best pitcher all along. Hoagland was the most talented. Yes, that's a good way but to put it. W- when they lost Hoagland, they were, they were winning every single Saturday. Doug mm-hmm. McKenzie was winning his game every single week, mm-hmm. and they were having to piece together some other game, and they were having to out-hit everybody. Most people saw the saw their pitching situation coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. It was just always thought that they were just going to out hit everyone again, like they did last year. But the pitching was always a, a problem. 
if their best guy coming in the season was Doug Diamond or whatever his name Derek is, Diamond. Derek Diamond, that was going to be an issue because yeah. he was struggling last year and he can't get it together. And now, like, some of their best pitchers are, like, freshmen and sophomores. Um, so they just can't figure that out. Mississippi State – and the, the, the offense for Ole Miss, too, is, is the big – Has not been as good as advertised. And it I hasn't understand. been for State either. We both thought these teams were going to mash their way to wins this year, and they have. And, and the thing is, is, both teams have veteran hitters in their lineup. The Ole Miss lineup is almost exclusively juniors There's and, and seniors. There's a few guys in there that are sophomores um, or, or second-year players, and you might have a you know a redshirt freshman or, or so in there. And Mississippi State has Logan Tanner, Cameron James, Luke Hancock, all these guys that ha- most of this lineup got experience in a national championship run last year, mm-hmm. and they're just swinging for the fences. Yeah. And I, I know that that I know people. There's people that didn't want to hear that on Twitter, but Chris Lamonis is saying the same thing. The approach right now is guys just trying to do a little too much, and I, I thought they did that this weekend too. Now Friday night was a really good approach. I thought they I thought they had a really good approach against Auburn. They came out there looking for line drives, uh, ground balls through a hole somewhere, um, and then doing damage when guys were on base. They they did a really good job of that, and they didn't do that much until uh, late Thursday. But that kind of carried over. Um, I thought Kellen Clark had a great approach. Brad Cummins had a great approach on uh, and Hunter Hines on Saturday. Uh, all three of those guys were good. Brad Cummins was great all weekend. Mm-hmm. But you see all these flashes. He's been from great all year. State. He really has. I mean, and you're you're seeing the effect of playing baseball year round. He didn't play a ton in the fall, but he got enough reps that he's been able to see enough pitches now uh, to really get into a groove. But you're seeing these guys. You know, Kellen Clark will have one good game, and Hunter Hines will have a good game, Luke Hancock, but the not all hitting at the same time. Um, that's what you got to have happen for Mississippi State to make a run in the postseason. You're going to have to have a 2017-type run here where the offense just gets hot, and you have one or two pitchers that's able to get it done because there, I just don't see enough in the bullpen to make a major run, but the offense can carry this team down the stretch. So that, that sort of brings up a good question. You think about you mentioned 2018. Is there a J.P. France on this team? Is there a Cole Gordon who's going to come out of nowhere well, I was, and just I turn it 20, on? I, I compare this team more to 2017. Okay. With the exception of you so don't then, have a triple crown winner. Do you need, who's, who's Jacob Billingsley then? Uh. I mean, oh, right, right but now, you, but, right but now, if it thing, went to a game four team, in, a, in a regional, who would pitch? Uh, probably like Pico Con, Pico Con, or somebody like that. Man. So the thing about this team, though, is you have better starting pitching in three games, I think, than you did in 2017. Um, I'm trying to think who was in 2017. Connor Pilkington. Pilkington. Um. Was Ethan Ethan Small was not back yet. No, he wasn't back yet. Tommy John. Um, you got gosh, me, you got me curious now. Yeah, I'm trying to think who was who were the starters on that team. Um, going back to that Southern Miss regional. I mean, they pitched Cole Gordon, Keegan James. Was Keegan James a starter? I, don't I mean, think I'm he just, was. I'm just. He, he, was had, he also had. He had Tommy John too. Yeah, Jared Paget didn't start. No, he had Tommy John that year. 
uh, like I said, Small was still out. He didn't. He didn't really come back until eighteen. Trey Jolly got some starts, didn't he? We might have. So I mean, hell, Robbie, Jake Mangum started for the games for that team that year. He did that. That that was a worse situation. I've I've said that before. That that was a worse situation. It was awful. Yeah, pitching wise. But basically, they, they had, it was just. But but what you did have that year was the bullpen. You knew you had Riley had the Self, lead. You had Riley, Riley Self, Self and Spencer, Spencer Price. Price. Yeah, you could shut it down. But that really I mean, that's kind of the thing now, though, for for Mississippi State is I, I really think that they, they they're going to have to get hot offensively down the stretch. Um, Peyton Plumley started. Jacob Billingsley, Denver McQuarrie started. Jacob Barton Gordon, started some games. Uh, Graham Ashcraft started. God, Ryan names, Sear. Ryan. Blake, Blake Smith was just a reliever. I don't think he ever got starts. He, that, that was another one that, that had Tommy John. I, that's right, he did. That's right. So Gosh. that year, State had six or seven with Tommy John. And people were talking about the guys this year. That, that team got hit even harder. Yeah. Um, you know, they pitched Brant Blaylock that game whenever um, – Whenever they had that long ball game against Alabama, I mean that team was just a that team was a wreck on the mound. Um, but they had guys that really came together. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. They had four guys batting over 300 that year. You know, Cody Bryant, Cody Brown had a big season. Uh, Jake was good, even though he, uh, I think that was the year he broke his hand. Uh, Ryan Gridley was in that lineup. Hunter Stovall. Brent Rooker, of course, had one of the best seasons you'll ever see at Mississippi State. Right. So, and it took that for them to make that kind of run. But yeah. that's what's going to have to happen. This offense is going to have to pick it up and be – the real thing is just the consistency. You're not getting consistency up and down the lineup every ball game. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. have to happen for this team. I, I thought that this weekend was a good step forward for Mississippi State. I, I, I really believed they needed to get a, a sweep to get back into position and to make up a game from that LSU series. But uh, it's always good to win a series in the SEC. You'll yeah. take it all day. You, you got me to look. So these are the guys who started games in 2017. Pilkington started 17 games. Obviously, he did the most. Billingsley started 13. Plumley, McQuarrie had eight. Cole Gordon started nine games that year. Ashcraft yeah. had five. Uh, Jake Mangum started five, and then Ryan Sear, who, who left the team midseason, was kicked off the team midseason, uh, started two. And, and that, that team won yeah, that, 40 that games the, and went to a super regional. And what's nuts about that is they lost the first game of that regional. They did. Southern Miss. That's the crazy – I mean, the last two games were pitched by Jacob Billingsley and Cole Gordon, right? And you, and you barely got anything from Cole Gordon in game one, and you had to go bullpen that ball game. Connor Pilkington came out and they won that second one. Mm-hmm. And then you started to just piece it together mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the way. Cole Gordon, um, I can't remember if he pitched or not in that in that series again. I know I know he hit at one point in that series and got a big hit. Mm-hmm. But J- Jacob Billingsley saved their rears mm-hmm. in that first game against uh, Southern Miss. It was a doublehead, doubleheader. You were going to have to beat them twice in one day. After playing two games the day before, he pitched a complete game, gave up only one run. That's the reason that they made it to uh, the the Super Regional. So, Jacob Billingsley should never have to pay for a drink in Starville ever again. Remember, Josh Lovelady had the big home run. Isn't that right? Yeah, he had a home run. His only one of the season. 
Yeah. So, he, what, a, he, what a weird he, he year. A, what a fun year. And it really way. was. You know, it really was. And I mean, we're sort of getting off the rails here, and that's fine. But I mean, I remember that team, you know, so decimated by injury, and they won 40 games, went to Super Regional. I just remember coming out of that season thinking they're about to take off with Cannon Sarah, <laughs> that he's about to get this program. And in, in, a, in a way, he did because he recruited a lot of the pieces that won a national title. Well, and Brent Rooker said in the post game, I, I was there in Baton Rouge after they lost that, that game. Brent Rooker said basically he was the, the precursor to what Jake Mangum said about Chris Lamonis. He mm-hmm. said, This guy is going to bring Mississippi State's first national championship. Yeah. And I, I fully believe that he would have. But, yeah. you know, yeah, no doubt. That's, that's his fault. Oh, well. So Mississippi State, Ole Miss this weekend. We'll uh, we'll we'll have some. We'll try to get. Some, I might get some extra extracurricular stuff for that. Maybe we need to talk to the mayor. Maybe we need to talk to Jay Mangum this week. We'll see if we can make that happen and uh, talk a little extra. The maybe rebel have, killer. He owned him, and uh, maybe Richard Cross needs to come on as well. We'll get a, a preview from the uh, the Ole Miss side of uh, of things. That said, big series coming up for Mississippi State. Another big week. You know, three and one, three and one week. It's what you have to have, and then four and zero oh is what you'd like to have. If you can get that, I mean, here's the thing: you're what are they? Twenty-one and sixteen? Is that right? If yeah. you could be twenty-five and sixteen this week, and then next week you could be twenty-eight and seventeen, that's a reasonable record at that point. You're not struggling to stay over five hundred anymore. No pressure. Just go sweep Ole Miss. And- yeah, sure. Just do it. Do it. We'll see what happens. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. It's brought to you by our friends over at. The Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. When you're looking to cook out, I mean, I don't know about this weekend. It was, it was a bad weekend. I had to cook in the carport on Sunday because it was raining all damn day. But when you're getting the grill out, when you're cooking for your family, beef is always the go-to option. So many great choices at the grocery store when you want to go to beef. And if you're lucky enough to have a great butcher shop like we have here in Starkville, it gets even better for you. So. Check it out. Go to msbeef.org if you're looking for recipes or more information about the beef, provi- beef providers here in our great state. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked me to saw the pictures from you guys hanging out with Jeff Simmons and Tyree Phillips. Like that was a great time uh, to be had. It's always a great time when you're at Two Brothers, though. The food is just so good. The people are awesome. The atmosphere is fantastic. You just can't be beat. I say it once, I say it again. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, you know, if you were telling people to come to town, where would, where would you tell them? They said, two brothers. That's always my first choice. It's always going to be as long as they're stacking it up the way they are right now. Next time you're in Starville, make sure you got a, a trip to two brothers on the agenda. Great customer service, great products. Hey, that's the winning formula for just about every business. But not everybody delivers it, and they certainly don't deliver it the way Advantage Business Systems does. When we're talking about customer service for office offices, you guys know it can be a pain in the you-know-what to get somebody on the phone with these big box and these big, big brand companies to talk to somebody who speaks the same you know vernacular that you do, that is, is dealing with problems that you're dealing with, and wants to help you immediately, not, you know, hey, we'll get out there when we can. It's just that simple with Advantage Business Systems. That's a Mississippi company. It's a 601 number. It's not 1-800. It's not one It's 601-362-9192. You're talking to somebody here in the state of Mississippi, and they're going to set up a time to be with you, if not that day, the day after. That's the kind of service we're talking about. It's the kind of service you get when you do business with your neighbors at Advantage Business Systems. 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. 
Let's play a song. So it's basketball again for uh, men's and women's. Chris Jans uh, basically goes back to his old school there and gets a transfer. William McNair Jr. will be heading from New Mexico State to Mississippi State. 6'10", 280-pounder, six points, almost seven points, five rebounds a game. Uh, looks like he's going to be – just just my line of thinking, and I could be totally wrong on this, Robbie. Looks like a guy who can be a competent backup for Tolu Smith playing the five. That, that's what this guy looks like to me. Um, State's, you know, obviously having some uh, some uh, transfer portal issues of its own, not to be surprising there. But at this point, we know that uh, uh, Alden Applewhite has left. Uh, we know that uh, Derek Fountain has decided to, to leave. Uh, Cam Carter has decided to leave. And then I guess, you know, from a name standpoint, DJ Jeffries leaving. I know some of you might be wondering about that. You know, he did transfer and got his free transfer last year. But with the coaching change, they're going to let him have another free transfer. It's just the nature of the beast, and State won't, won't try to hold him into it. Um, so, you know, a lot of names are going to be coming to Mississippi State. It's going to be – because I, th- I don't think Molinar is coming back. There's going to be a lot of new faces. Now, you'll still have, you know, Anderson Garcia, it looks like, Cam Matthews, obviously Tolu Smith coming back. Um, <laughs> they're down to like five players. <laughs> yeah. They're not quite yet to the LSU place, but the – but they're getting there. Georgia is kind of in that place as well. But it does feel like, and, and Jan's talked about it from day one, that the transfer portal was going to be his friend. And uh, I would expect in the coming weeks to see those names get replaced pretty quickly with some guys who've been players at the, at the major college level. And they've already brought in some guys. And then you got, you know, the, the incoming freshmen that are coming in as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to fill up. And they're 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 in on a lot of players as also, so you know it's this is just the nature of the beast. I, I expect Jans and I expect Sam Purcell to be heavy into the portal, uh, trying to to restructure the roster. And you know teams are going to put less of an emphasis on high school recruiting now when you can just go out and get an instant impact guy right away. And these kids are not going to be a lot of these kids aren't willing to be developed anyway. So you might as well go get players that are just going to be here for a year or two and they can move on and uh, you can just kind of structure your roster that way. And then on the women's side of, uh, of things, a, uh, a, a, both coaches have gone back to their old school. Sam Purcell goes and grabs a player from Louisville. Why don't you tell us about her? Yeah, Romani Parker. She's going to be um, a forward for Mississippi State. She can play the four for them. Uh, good size. Kid, athletic, just kind of was stuck in a log jam there at Louisville the past couple of years. Louisville's had some really talented players there, and she's just trying to to get out and get some um, playing time here and a new opportunity with, with Mississippi State. I think Purcell is going to ha- get some size in here. There's a there's another player, too, that I expect him to go after to, to try to get some more size and kind of rehaul what Mississippi State has in the post. And of course, you're you're still pushing for Jessica Carter to stay. Uh, she's got a couple, two or three more weeks, I think, before she has to have a, a decision on whether or not she wants to transfer. No indication that she's going to transfer, but there there hasn't been anything official um, on her staying or not. I just know she's been with the team a lot, 
over the last few weeks. So that that's been good news for Mississippi State. But um, you know, you, you get Ramani Parker, Jessica Carter, maybe another big in there, and you have some really good size to go along with what you got with Charlotte Cole already and even Danae Carter, who's been playing in the post as well. Yeah. Talk me through the high school recruiting for, for the ladies. I know Debrisha, Debrisha, am I saying that right? Powell yep. uh, is coming Poe. in. Poe, and she's a big-time player from here in the state of Mississippi. Are there going to be any more high school targets to find out about, or is it mainly going to be portal at this point? Uh, I think there will be um, one more high school addition, and uh, we'll be we'll keep people up to date on that. I, I expect one. Robbie knows player. something, y'all. He's not telling us. Yeah, I just just we'll, we'll, it'll be out. I think in a few days, but there's going to be one more. I think that's going to be added, okay. and then uh, probably another player or two from the portal as well. But Debrisha, I think, can be in. I, I'm not expecting the. the the other high school recruit to be somebody that's going to help you right away, but it's kind of a project type player that um, I think Sam Purcell is, is, he sees a little something there that he can work with and develop. So that's something to, to watch out for. But uh, Debrisha is one that I think is going to make an instant impact for Mississippi state next year. And that's now three straight staffs, really four, because I know that Vic Schaefer and his staff was was high on Debrisha as well when she was a gosh I guess a sophomore but I guess three or four straight staffs that have been really high on her that think that she can make a major impact in Mississippi State I would be a little surprised if she didn't come in and get some major minutes next year the big player for excuse me for the class I guess of 23 is the girl is she at Germantown Madison Booker Madison Booker what kind of player is she a uh, really good one. She's versatile. She can probably going to be a, a – <laughs> Thanks, man. I wasn't yeah, sure. I mean, let's get, let's get to the point. Yeah. Um, probably going to be a wing on the next level, but physical. She's one of those that can, that can get to the rim. She plays really good defense. She's, she's going to be one of those players that, that really lined up with what Vic Schaefer wanted to do whenever he was here, and that's why he's – He's still recruiting her at Texas. Um, it's going to be a battle for Mississippi State to get her, but they're working hard to to maintain their place in the game. She's always considered Mississippi State, uh, no matter who the coach has been. And uh, I know Louisville recruited her. I don't think Sam Purcell recruited her um, himself. He wasn't uh, – or at least he wasn't the lead recruiter on her. But I, I do know I've heard that he is – uh, he and his staff have already started recruiting her hard. She's the priority of the class, and they're going to treat her like that. There you go. Well, we would talk some football, but it didn't happen. Uh, I'm sure, as you saw, uh, weather eliminated the, quote, spring game, unquote. One of us in this on this uh, call, one of us on this podcast, realized when he woke up that they weren't playing football and stayed in bed and didn't, and didn't waste his time going up to the football stadium. The other one, not so much. Well, I got to I got to eat a Chick Fil A chicken biscuit. Well, that, that's and we got to see two punts from Archer Trafford. How do you look? So, like a punter. That's the kind of in- insight you're only getting on Thunder and Lightning. Nobody else is giving that to you. So that said, this Saturday at D- Davis Wade Stadium, there will be another scrimmage. God, you know, God willing, and the creek don't rise. 
that uh, which you is can quite come possible. On. Yeah, it's, it keeps raining like this uh, that you can go see. So you know, and that was sort of part of my thought process too. I was just like, never mind that I don't think they're going to play. I can just go next Saturday. So, but next Saturday isn't the spring spring game. It's not a spring game. The spring scrimmage. The spring spring scrimmage. I, I feel like Doctor Evil, like the spring game, and we we can't call it spring Rains game anymore. Or, yes. We we now have to call it practice. We now have to diminish it even more. Not a game. Call it a practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Which, by the way, like in in the whole goal to get the fan base excited, and you're like playing to the fan base. No, there's no need for that, Robbie. As we talked about weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, there's a ton of excitement for MSU football. Wait, I mean, like that's not what we talked about. Why, why, like, make it even more boring? You know what's funny it about practice it? Practice and not like, a, like a, that, I think I feel like that's the only reason that a lot of fans come to that because they feel like they're going to be watching like an actual game, and you can tell a lot from it, and not, you know, we're gonna punt, dudes, a boo, do punt team here. Yeah, and then we're gonna do some seven on seven work here. Yeah, and like for for fifteen minutes, we'll do like an actual scrimmage. Yeah. You know what's funny is they were gonna put that on SEC Network and then replay it all summer long. Like, oh yeah, that would get to really watch fun, state dude. practice, not even a game. So. And we get to watch. You'd get to watch that during the regionals and super regionals too, when they could yeah. when they could actually put SEC baseball on that network. Yeah. Be watching yeah. a spring game. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for Deuce McAllister. Uh, me and me and him uh, peed next to each other in the bathroom, and I was uh, you thinking, "You should have this guy." Fly. I was thinking, fly. This, this, "This guy came all the way to this game, and Dave Neal, yeah, to sit in the press box for like two and a half hours, and then finally somebody says, "Oh yeah, the games uh, or practice is." You know what they're gonna do? ESPN's gonna be like, "This is why we don't send them anymore. Do it remotely." Yeah. And, and for Deuce, especially Deuce, like right. You got to go to a place where they hate you. Nobody likes Deuce McAllister here. Maybe the Saints fans. And he don't oh, like Mississippi God, State. God, Deuce, no. And he don't like Mississippi State either. Right. So maybe so, that was the point. Maybe somebody knew that this was going to happen. We're going to waste three hours of his time and send him to the press box. Well, that's the case, that's watch some it next level petty. And I applaud whatever executive did that because that's some egg bowl spite we can all uh, get behind. Yeah. All right. Tomorrow's show, last uh, positional breakdown. We'll talk special teams. Uh, probably have some more baseball to talk about as we get closer to Mississippi State Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, we'll talk, I'll, I should have talked to Chris, Coach Chris Limonis at that point by the time we record. So right, we'll have maybe something. Maybe he'll teach us something. Obviously, we'll find out maybe about Brooks Auger. We didn't mention the injury there. And that the rumor is that Parker Stinnett injured as well. Uh, so maybe we'll get some updates on that. Uh, Good luck. Yeah, Good I know. Luck getting, getting I'll do the best injury I updates. I will ask. I'll ask. That's all I can do. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.